What's up, independent insurance agents? Are you finally fed up with the massive amounts of time, money, resources being allocated to customer service within your agency? Is this causing your agency growth and revenue to become stagnant or even decline? The answer to this frustration is Glovebox, the premier mobile and web self-servicing solution made by successful independent insurance agents just like us, specifically for independent insurance agencies. Guys, this is the only platform with direct carrier connections. Glovebox gives your clients the power to engage within their writing carriers and you, their agency, in a single, easy-to-use platform. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast and get 20% off of your monthly subscription for life, guys. For life. This isn't an intro deal. This is for life. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today. Thanks. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? I'll tell you one thing. You can't beat some good Thai lunch and getting to visit. Oh, man. We had not had Thai in forever down here. Got to see the new office, the new digs. Looks great. I just, there's so much opportunity down here, man. Yep, there is. Thank you. I'm proud of you. So Scott and I used to do like eight or nine of these podcasts in a day, and we had zero time for lunch. And the yep. closest place to the old podcast studio, which is now my office, was a Thai place across the street, and yep. they would deliver only for us. Right. And so, for old time's sake, we went and got some Thai today. And Scott got me a gift card to the Thai place. I did not. Scott's get... Scott's trying to fatten me up, Jeff. No, I did not get. I did not get a chance to get Bradley a uh, Christmas present down here. I was wanting to buy you a bow staff for Christmas. A and what? A bow staff. What's a bow staff? It's uh, basically a martial arts weapon that you can oh, that's cool. use to whip somebody's ass that's with. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that is nice. Well, I ran out of time to buy the bow staff, and then I got to thinking about, you know, can I – I need to get him something that's really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And I know you eat at that Thai place two or three times oh, a week. Oh, bow staff. That's one of the uh-huh. – <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm And then I it. thought, well, what would be better than a gift card to the restaurants you eat at three times a week? I try not to eat there three times a week. You um, will now, though. If they were, so I get, uh, there's a local company here that does like meal prep where they deliver mm-hmm. it to you. And it's, and it's pretty cheap compared to eating out. So, and, it, and their meals are healthy. They deliver me five meals a week, but they mm-hmm. don't deliver them until Monday afternoon. So, Monday is my day to eat out mm-hmm. because moving downtown, I told my wife, two things are going to happen. One, I'm going to spend a ton of money on food and I'm going to get fat. Mm-hmm. So, we got to do something. So, I did the meal prep thing. <laughs> And but Monday's my day to eat out, and thank God the Thai place is closed on Mondays, or it would be bad. Absolutely, <laughs> guys. We have a very sounds like you've been tying to tying one on, are you? <laughs> tying one on. That's right. That's right. There you go, guys. We have a very special guest on the show today. I consider him a friend of mine, even though I don't get to talk to him very often. He's doing his thing in in the great nation of Canada, and in my opinion, if not the best, one of the best uh, insurance agencies in the entire nation of Canada today. And if he can't help you move the ball one step forward to greatness, there's probably not anybody that can. So my hope for all of you today and that are listening to this podcast, the 250,000 insurance agents that are listening to this right now, stop what you're doing. Don't wreck your car, pull over, get the notebook out, get the pen down and write this shit down today because this man can get it flat done. And without further ado, I'm about to give him the introduction that he has always deserved his entire life. Born, raised, and resides in Clinton, Ontario. He studied at Brock University, and he is married to the first lady of the independent channel, Miss Una Roy. CEO of Excalibur Insurance with over 25 employees and offices located in Clinton, Exeter, Mitchell, Wingham, and London, Ontario. He is the winner of the 2018 Safeco Agent of the Future Award. It is my profound honor today to introduce to you for the third time on the Insurance Guys podcast, my friend and great Canadian, Mr. Jeff Roy. How are you, Jeff? 
Hey, Scott, Bradley, great to be here. It's been way too long. It's uh, yes. great to be with my uh, southern brothers from another mother there you uh, go. for insurance. So really great to see you guys together, too. This is your first time together since when? October 2019? 2019. Live in the flesh? That's it. First time. Wow. We did a live podcast hey. in Vegas 2020, but that, that COVID happened right after that. So this is the first time we've been in the studio. And it sucks doing these remote. Like, we've got to do them in person. It does. It's, it's much yeah, yeah. better. No, in person, no question. I can feel the vibe. I wish I could have flown down there to hang out with you guys and did it live. But oh, uh, with the Canadian Reels, I'd be taking a test for COVID before I left. Right. COVID when I got back, three days in a hotel, 11 yeah. days quarantine. So right. I love you, but not that much to be <laughs> no. out of the office for 14 days. Well, right? What you don't know is we have a big screen right here with your head on. So for us, it feels yeah. like you are in the room. Yeah, it does. So. It nice. Really does. So, so, well, you got, I've got a big screen of you guys too. So, Jeff, I'm going to come out of the gates hot today. Are you ready? Oh, I'm always ready. I'm, I'm coming out of the gate hot today. You and I left each other, and you don't remember this, but I do because I love you more than you love me, but that's okay. We left each other on August the 30th, 2019. We both got on a metal tube. We flew back to our prospective locations. I flew back to Alabama. You flew back to Canada. Since that day, and like I told you before we got on air, I still have your video presentation you did at the UPP that year along with all of your slides that you presented and from a marketing kind of what, and I guess I need to explain to our audience what that was. And maybe you can explain better than I can, but it was basically in front of what was it? 200 agents or however many were there that day. You kind of went through play by play, what types of activities you guys do during the customer buying process and and before that, the prospecting process of, you know, the, the different things, the, the campaigns that you guys run and the, the programs and the software and things that you guys do to, from a marketing standpoint and from a uh, just synergistic standpoint within your agency. Since that day, August 30th, 2019, what have you seen change or that you have kind of I guess, backed away and gotten more bearish on rather than bullish on within your agency up there in Canada? Uh, great question. Is that I really enjoyed going out and speaking across the, you know, a good chunk of North America for a couple of years. There. I met some of the finest people, got to hang out with people like you, Scott, and you, Bradley, at different events. Uh, we were at the uh, Mike Stromso's Unstoppable uh, UPP event, which is, again, Mike is a great person, salt of the earth, a great teacher, such a great, powerful event. And uh, since I came back from there, you know, I, I had a couple writer down there's either from that session, but we're just continuing, like, first of all, to execute what we were doing. We had got a fairly good jump on some of the digital stuff. Are we, were we the best in the world? By no means, but we got a head start on a few things and we continue to execute those things. Uh, we continue to try and make sure our website loads quickly. We get lots of good links. Our ranking on our website continues to stay high and we continue to create content. We continue to push that content out through all our social channels, our e-blasts, all the traditional ways. But since then, we've started to use video a bit more. We've shot, last year, we shot more videos. Now, I'm talking to Bradley Flowers, the video king, the person that does video probably more than anybody in insurance or one of the top people. Uh, so when I say video, it's not to that scale, but Marcus Sheraton really sunk into my DNA. And uh, most people want to see video. They want to consume it. They want to hear you, see you. They want to see about your brand and feel it. So we did a lot a lot of higher end videos and uh, some of them are like the breakdown the bite-sized breakdown if you go to our youtube channel where we've hired an actor we have a script and we entertain people we educate them but entertain them because let's be honest nobody loves to sit down and listen to a 35 minute video on how what liability insurance you need for your business uh, i think you'll lose people after 20 seconds right so we really focused on communicating through video and then doing some youtube marketing we've just uh, all the things we did back in 2019 we just accelerated we we generate probably three to 500 leads off our website every month and uh, we have noticed over covid the quality probably hasn't been as good so we're closing at a lesser rate because some of the stuff doesn't match up to what we're looking for so we've uh, noticed during the covid event that we've had to shift and pivot our business which i think we could talk that'd be a separate event guys we could talk about what covid's done uh, we have started working in our commercial department and we're now we're working on doing so taking our digital learnings from personal lines and now starting to apply them to commercial so that's been in the first q1 this year it's going to spill over to q2 because to be quite honest, the hard market and COVID hangover stuff has been tough to get stuff done as quickly as I'd like. And I've seen a lot of projects kind of pushed off. 
we aren't using our chatbot as much. We still have it, but we just didn't get as much evolution with it because uh, Joseph from Pro Navigator had put a lot of work into building a chatbot called Ask Sage that spoke to agents and brokers to help them find stuff from the company. And you know, great business decision by him. So our chatbot hasn't been as robust as I would like to see it at this point in time, but it's been a business change for them. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to put some more love into that. Yeah, so I guess another thing too is we've changed our, our lead management software. We used to use Velocify when I spoke to you, Scott, down at UPP. We were using uh, Velocify to manage your leads. We now use a product called uh, True Leads from Trufula. My good thing, Sharif Jamel had come up with a great product and we've switched over to it and we've been pivoting and using that to follow up on our leads. Uh, we've, we've scored very good. Some of our companies will actually rank all the brokers across Canada on how good they are digitally. There's about a 30 different things in the scorecard and then how good they are at following up on leads. And Excalibur ranks in the top 1% based on these findings. So very good, but there's still lots of work to do. We have to keep getting better because our competition is getting better also. So there's a couple of things then, Scott. I don't know if you want me to dive in. I could go on for about 25 more minutes, but the last thing I'll point out, we joined the Be Atomic project on the marketing cloud. So we're working with Seth. So imagine myself, Seth, and some of the great people, Sid Rowe, working over there together with our teams. And we've now, we've been six months into Marketing Cloud, and we've learned how to use it. We're just running our first number of journeys with it, and we're doing some really cool stuff. And we're excited because for once, we have a better view of everything going on with our clients, and uh, it's only going to get better over time. And I call it digital exhaust. Every time somebody goes to your website, goes, you know, phones you on your phone system, sends an email, all that thing leaves the digital exhaust. And that information, if funneled correctly and aggregated, can tell us what the client's going to do next, potentially, if they're going to turn, what their next need is. That's where we're going. And uh, the Be Atomic project's really going to allow us to get to that next level. So, so those are some of the big, I, I guess, the big stones over the last year and a half, but we're just, we're just continuing to do what we did, but we're picking a few projects to get better. So I have a question and I want to back up for just a second. You said, and I've been saying this for three years as well. Video is king. Video is, is everything to me. I love, love, love video. I think I'm blessed with the, having a beautiful wife that is also our marketing person and does a great job and is just taking our business to the next level in a lot of different areas, but I'm also blessed that I have a little bit of actor in me and I love to post funny, interesting, satirical videos about insurance from time to time. I don't do it as much as I should, but did I hear you say that the stuff that you, the professional videos that you've been posting that I watched last night or yesterday for a little while on your personal line stuff, that you're bullish on starting to do that with commercial as well? Is that what you said? Yes, I want to figure out how to dial in the right message for the right niches. And we're not a big broker, so I can't be all things to all people. So we're going to dial in two or three niches in the mid-market size. And we're going to set up a small business unit, a little more formalized. So those are the things we want to do. And uh, we do have commissioned a farm video and a business video for 2021. We, we've got basically got six different video strategies we're going to implement this year. So that should allow us to produce some big block content. And, you know, I always talk about every, we need to do an e-blast every month, but it's got to be interesting. It's got to be people want to click on it and go through it. So we try and throw a couple of videos. We throw some blogs and some fresh content because as a broker and agent, you need to be the Netflix of insurance. You know, Bradley knows that, you know, making the donut. He's probably one of the first reality TV shows about insurance, that and the protege from Dave Carruthers, people showing the story. Nobody's ever done that. That's new. That's different. You know, the number of views that Bradley's getting on his YouTube channel is great. Like I went on there and checked it out when I first watched it. And just I'm just watching it grow. So you're, it's not just other brokers and agents, it's clients too, wanting to know behind the scenes. They want to see the real Bradley Flowers. They want to see the portal insurance. They want to see the real thing. So you've done a really good job of capturing that. So my what I told my team last year at the start of our marketing meeting in 2020, I said, video killed the radio star. So I wanted to move from 2D to 3D. People don't want to look at just images. They want to see you. They want to hear how you act, listen to your tone of your voice. You know, just, there's a lot of things that aren't communicated by text and images that video does. So that's where I think that's going to be, that's currently the big push, but people just haven't figured out how to dial it in super well. They haven't figured out how to monetize it. You know, again, if you, and if you try and monetize certain videos, people see right through it. So it's not as effective. So, you know, these are all things I, you know, we, we try and figure out what's right. And uh, I always talk about, 
about building. We, we were doing what I call random acts of content last year and I called our team out on it. And I said, we're writing blogs for SEO, but we have uh, one hit wonders or the one image I did for Paradiso. We've got like a guy parachuting and it's either going into the mouth of a alligator or a shark, which is, means it's garbage content. It's going off to an island where there's no nothing. So it's a good article, but you can't go anywhere. You go to a resort. And our big thing is I want to build content that creates a journey that's CX, UX, that people will consume more than one thing. You can answer their questions. And that's where I think things need to go. And we're working hard at doing that right now. We're launching a bunch of new things that will hopefully do that better. And again, we're still learning. I haven't really found a lot of people completely killing it with all this, but people have got glimpses of goodness here and there. They just haven't been able to string it all together yet. And that's what's going to happen. Bigger companies or even smaller companies are going to figure figure out that magic ingredient to string it together. What do you guys think? I agree. Before I answer that, I want to ask one other question because uh, if not, I'll forget about it in a minute. I have some timers, which is very close to all timers. So are you still as bullish on voice as you were two, three years ago? I, I, I can't, I, I like to say I'm, I'm bullish on it because I want to try it. And I got to the point where I was getting ready to test it, but then the Google voice broke and I wanted to test both Google and Amazon. I had my assets 90% built, but then I couldn't get the Google repaired and it's sitting there. And uh, is it bullish? I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going to be, people don't seem to want to talk to a device. They still want that human to human. Like in Canada, a lot of people are still, you know, quoting online, but they're getting a hold of an agent or a broker to finish it, right? It's not like the UK where 30, 40%, I don't need to talk to anybody. I just give me the lowest price. I don't care. Like, and again, still relationship based in the US, maybe a higher percentage of binding and going through. Now that said, more providers are getting better. And we'll talk later about Amazon Next, for instance, where things are going to be seamless and insurance is going to become more invisible. I would argue that in the future, it's going to be embedded into products and you won't see the insurance, but it's going to be there and somebody's going to control that. That's a threat, but also an opportunity. So sure. well, yeah. I don't know if that answers what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is with the, with the content and the videos, you know, I did a, a talk yesterday for Elevate. It was an online deal. You know, everybody wants to talk about ROI and, and somebody asked like, what metrics do you track? when you do content and when you do your videos. And I said, well, the way I operate is I measure impact. You can't measure impact with numbers on a page. And the example I gave, I gave two examples. I said, one, with our podcast, Scott and I would still be doing this right here, right now, if we only had 200 subscribers. Like, we're going to operate the exact same way. It doesn't matter as long as you find the right 200 subscribers. And, And to be honest... I would argue that the right 200 subscribers are going to make you more money if that's your goal yeah. than the wrong 200,000. And the other example I gave is about three weeks ago, a carrier rep for a carrier that, you know the story? A mm-hmm. carrier rep for a, for a carrier we do not represent currently, or we actually represent now. At the time, we didn't represent them. Stopped by my office, which is a rare thing now in COVID days. Everybody's like, oh my God, we're being robbed. Stopped by my office walked in the door and said, I'm such and such with such and such carrier. I'm a huge fan of making the donuts. I want to appoint your agency. I can't measure the ROI of that. Yeah. But I guarantee you there's an ROI there, you know? No, that's good. The law of unintended consequences, that's right? Like it. there's a lot of stuff is like, you look at back and let's go back to old school, probably back to both of you guys before you started in the business, but it used to be the big three. I had the radio, TV and newspaper, right? And the numbers were, if you did one, you might get 60%, 100%, you know, better results if you did two. And if you did all three, you saw a surge. So by doing the video and everything else you're doing, you're seeing that surge and all that stuff is out there. You never know what, who's going to see what, when. And you don't know what video or what blog is going to be the game changer, but I got a good, I got a feeling that if you guys are putting stuff out there, it's a lot better chance of it being you than somebody else. Right. That's, that's a big thing. A lot of, a lot of people, and a lot of people are copying carriers. Oh, I got a blog from Safeco or Hartford. I'm going to share it out to my clients. Well, that's great. You know, but you know, you need to make it your own and like uh, American Idol, you need to put your own brand on it. You got to put your personality. You need Scott going up there pretending he's rip off Yellowstone doing a, doing a takeoff that with his cowboy hat. You just need to have some little bit of personality, whatever you are, but you need to be authentic, right? The one thing you guys have always been as authentic ever since I met you, you guys haven't changed as you're still cool people. I like hanging with you, right? Yes. Your business has changed and you evolved and got smarter, 
but the, the, you have is still you're, you that you have that personality and that goodness that, that you don't want to change, right? So, so that's where if you do the right marketing, branding, and videos, that should come out. So I agree with you. Like likes are vanity metrics. You know, comments I think are a lot better. If people are commenting, that's a real good sign. Like if you look at making the donut, for instance, you get a whack of comments, right? You got a lot of people loving it. Not as you know, many you guys are putting yourself like. out there, right? Not as many as I would like, but that's okay. And the other thing too, like with our vlog, Jeff is like. The main reason I'm doing that is because I think it would be really freaking cool for my kids 20 years from now to go back and watch that. Absolutely. Like, that's the reason yeah, I'm yeah. doing it. We have a totally separate business that we do the video stuff with. Like, he just happens to be there. Like, well, shit, if you're going to be there, we're going to have you video it, you know? But I, I would like to add to your, your authentic statement. I agree 100% with what you said, but I want to add one thing to it. There's people, and this is not insurance industry, this is in general, there's people that use the excuse of transparency and authenticity as a way to act like an asshole. Transparency does not give you the permission to be an asshole to people online. So you still have to be nice. You still have to be, you still have to be professional. Like it doesn't mean like just open up your chest and say exactly what you feel, you know? No. And that's what the thing is. If we were sitting there having a beer, if we're at a conference, our conversation will be the same. Like, you know, you should be the same person. You shouldn't be putting an act on here. You shouldn't be somebody over here. Like, you know, I, I'm who I am and some people love it. Some people hate it, but at least I have an opinion. I've got some facts to back it. And my, I want to help champion the industry and make people better. It's not all about me. If I help and give, and you guys are the same way, the law of reciprocity, you'll get that back in return. And we need more agents and brokers to get out there and push our carriers, push our vendors and and help push each other, but work together. You know, amazing what we can do. We have some real threats on the horizon now, guys. Complacency kills. Absolutely. Hey, I want to answer your question though, Jeff. That, and I know Bradley just got through answering it relative to yeah. what we were talking about earlier with video and content in general. Yep. My take on that is love video. I've always been bullish on video. I still say video is king. But the one thing that I think separates people like Bradley. And my wife, who now runs all of our social media and has control of all of our social media, including Google business listings and all that. The one thing that separates those people from the rest of us, and I'm going to raise my hand and say myself included in that, is the word consistency. And I'm going to say that if I had to write down like rule number one for all of what we just talked about encompassing is you've got to be consistent. And I know, you know, people have heard that before, but whatever you're doing, you have to be consistent. And I don't think anybody has fully, completely figured it all out, but I do think the people like yourself, Jeff and Bradley and Kim and the rest of the people that are out there that are consistent are a lot closer to figuring it out than anybody else is. Does that make sense? Yeah, the law of numbers, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. The law of numbers, right? The more you do, and it's just like if you decided to go work out in the gym, right. and if you only pumped iron once every four months, mm-hmm. you know, your body's not going to be in shape, right? right. Oh, I, sorry, I, just one second. I equate okay. it to chopping a tree down with a hatchet. Yeah. You know, if, if Kim and I go out there right now, we both take a hatchet, and I actually keep a hatchet in my office for this mm, analogy. Nice. I showed it to you. Yeah. Got a hatchet that says portal on it. If I take a hatchet and go chop a tree down, right? Right. What whack of the hatchet is everybody going to talk about? They're going to talk about the one that knocked the tree down, right. the last one. Yeah. But yeah. was that yeah. whack any more important than any of the other 300 before that? No, they're all equal. So that's the way I look at every, like, just small little, yeah. small little thing. There's no, like, boom, big moment. It's a lot of little things that add up. And, like, you know, when I was at Alpha, agents would ask me, like, how do you sell so much life insurance? I'm like, I don't really know. Like I just do a lot of I do a lot of stuff right. that adds up, you know. It's numbers. I mean, if I ask Clint the same thing, how do you sell so much hab? Like I would right. love to sell as much hab as Clint. There's probably no one thing that Clint right. does that makes it so good or one thing that you do or right. whoever. It's just a lot of little things. Yeah, it is. And and it's consistency and go ahead, I'm sorry, Jeff. No, it's fine. I just, uh, it's like we, we spent uh, time in Michael McLean's mastermind with Dwayne uh, Casey was the coach of the Raptors. 
and he had a famous line about the the sculpture. You hit the sculpture 999 times, the thousandth time it breaks off perfectly. Right. And he always said the term pound the rock. Yeah. And you probably heard the term pound the rock all sure. the time, right? Yep. So they had a rock or a sculpture in the way. And so pound the rock, go in and do the work every day, a little bit every day. It, you know, it's not one thing that makes you a superstar. It's not two things. It's 10 little things. And it's consistency. And, you know, how many networks, if you didn't have any shows, you sporadically threw a show up there every three weeks or Netflix, if you sporadically threw one video up every two months, would you still be in business? Well, a lot of agents are doing social media and communication as an afterthought. You need to be your own media company. Think of yourself, you know, as HBO or Netflix, where you're creating your own shows. That's where the value is, right? And Netflix got into creating their own stuff because they realized taking other people's stuff wasn't good enough and they needed to control it, right? They out HBO to HBO. And that's where agents need to be creating videos, blogs, stuff of interest. And it's got to register on, I call it people's give a shit a meter, because if you create stuff and it's not interesting, not engaging, you wasted your time. What gets seen nor heard counts for nothing, right? Right. right. Hey, I'm going to tell everybody a story. Listeners, I'm going to tell you all a story. We leave UPP with Mike Stromso in August of 2019. About a week later, I reach out to Jeff. I said, Jeff, you know more about this than probably anybody I know. I want you to go take a look at my website and give me your honest feedback. So, And by the way, Jeff, please don't look at my website right now. I've got a story to tell. (laughs) I've got a story to tell about this, and it's a long story. But Jeff comes back to me, and he basically, in a – very professional way tells me that my website sucks and all the things I need to do to make it better. And since that time, we have been working diligently on, we rebuilt the site. We've, we've done a lot of things that were good, but then we realized that there were some things that were not done correctly. And so currently today we've moved servers over. We've worked on getting our speed on the mobile side up, you know, as fast as we could get it. But we are in the process of moving our navigational screens because somehow when we built the site, we almost built one for desktop, one for mobile, and it all needed to be in together. And so we're in the process of moving all that over. But maybe in a couple of weeks when we get all this finished, I will send you a link and let you re-look at it to tell me if it's any better than it was in 2019 when it was no, yeah, awesome and good job you're a good student and uh same thing look at what you look at look at the conversation you had right. we were looking at the speed time yeah you know basically how you're looking at it differently right. that's huge and you know part of my job of speaking is to say you know try and bring up things that people may not have been aware of or realize what's important what isn't right, right. and you don't know a lot of times you don't know until it's too late right like google wants two seconds or less load times right mm. now on both your mobile and desktop it used to be four seconds right like that number keeps moving so you know i think mike stromso said it best you never arrive there's no finish line you got to keep moving you got to keep pounding the rock because it's a moving target it's a contact sport to use some football and hockey analogy and you got to put your helmet on and go out there and get in the field and throw it out there and that's you know throwing content out a lot of agents are waiting till it's perfect well, it's never going to be perfect. You just got to get a minimal viable product and get it out in the street. And as you said, get a system, get a system that's repeatable. Like our team works on our social media calendar 60 days in advance. We start looking at what's going to be in there, our big rocks or little rocks. You know, Billy Williams, I think he talks about the, the sand analogy, put your big rocks in and fill the rest with sand and water with the small things. I think enough agents aren't working on the big things sometimes, or they, they say, I'm too busy and they get busy. And then all of a sudden things slow down. Well, they didn't do all that hard work before and it catches up with you so you just always have to be consistently crushing it right absolutely hey and i will say and i haven't even told bradley this and i know part of this is because of the improvements that my social media marketing director here has done over the past three months with our google business listing people finding our website now we sold a policy home and auto policy yesterday Mm -hmm. off of a lead that came to us through the website. They filled out the mm-hmm. the the quick, you know, get a quote thing. We we've, we've been selling a couple of policies a week. Yep. Off of our damn website, which we have never done before. I didn't even think the website mattered anymore. I was like, I'm done. I'm just not, I'm just going to do away with yeah. the website. And here the last month or so, we've probably sold and Jeff, this may be small potatoes for you cuz I know you guys have got it dialed in, but probably 6 to 8 policies just off our get a quote on our website. Mm-hmm. which is 
for us, that's phenomenal. We've never done anything like that before. Well, I'll tell you too. We've we've recently in the past year started focusing on blogging pretty heavily. Yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed writing, but it's a time issue. Yeah. Um, and we've recently hired a freelance writer to write blogs for us. And I'll it's so cool because like we can create a video, mm-hmm. and I'll send her the video. She'll transcribe it and make a blog right. from the video. So all I have to do is record. Right. It seems like smart. It's, it's really smart. It seems like when we. Whenever we post a new blog to the website, we get a lead. Like it, it's almost like clockwork. Like every time there's a new blog in the next couple of days, we're going to get some leads. Mm-hmm. And that's what you know. I, I was speak. We were talking about niches at lunch. You know, we found a little a little niche here for uh, daycares. Yeah, I, I'm not scared to say because it's not that much premium, but. And, and that's how we've reached some of them is we put some content out blog wise around daycares and we've gotten some organic leads that way. Hey, hey, no, Jeff. it's good. Well, it's smart. It's smart. It's smart. It's smart to get the niche. It's funny to talk about niches being at a, a Thai restaurant, a niche restaurant. So it's quite ironic. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's hey. good. It's good. And one, one thing, one thing too, is the website. I always figure for every hundred visitors, you should generate roughly anywhere from six to 12 leads. That's always a memorial thumb. So a lot of brokers go, well, I got this many leads. Well, how much traffic did you get? And uh, if you're not looking at traffic and, and unique users, if your same staff is going on there 20 times, don't, don't get too excited about that. So there's just a lot of metrics and fumes out there that you can kind of look at. And then, you know, I always say in God, we trust everybody else bring data. It's a matter of having that data and that dashboard up there to figure out how are you doing? Like in golf, you get a scorecard, at least at the end of the round, you know, you played good, bad or ugly, but a lot of agents are playing a game without a scorecard right now. And their scorecard, their only scorecard is their number at the end of the month. And if that number goes wrong, Long, what can they do to fix it right mm-hmm. hey jeff say that one more time 100 visitors to your website you should be getting six to 12 leads off that correct that's that's kind of my real thumb like i used to have a real thumb that 100 visitors two to three chats would that was kind of what our statistics would show and it can vary from location location design whatever but if you're not pulling that in you have to start looking at your design a bit better and you know it, it, the numbers can change but that's fairly consistently what we've noticed over the last two years so right so Go ahead, Bradley. Well, I was going to say, shifting gears a little bit, you mentioned data. Um, and do, doesn't Seth have that quote painted on his wall? In God we trust, all Which others one? bring God data. God we trust. Yeah. He might. You know, I, I, it's been, uh, last time I was there was 2019. I drove down and I met with some of the carriers down there with Seth, kind of when they kicked off the Atomic Concept. And I was in his office. I was too overwhelmed by the welding masks. And, you know, if you've ever been in Seth's office, it's just so cool. It's such an artsy, thoughtful place, but just got such a, myriad of really cool stuff in it that it's just it's easy to get distracted right so i've, I've tried i've never may have there, that on his quote i've tried to model my office a little bit in that, that kind of industrial artsy vibe but um yeah uh, yeah talk, talk a little bit about before we came on the air here we were, we were all talking about the digital currency tr- craze that's going on in the world right now and you know our friends over at jag insurance i think last week sold the first insurance policy I think in the United States that involved digital currency as the transaction, something to that nature. Uh, there was a press release about that. Uh, Insurance Business Insider, I think, is where the article is. Talk a little bit about blockchain and and how you think a for our listeners, what is it, and b how do you think that's going to affect or not affect the insurance industry? Yeah, I guess and yeah, I'll, I'll discredit myself. I I have I studied blockchain a couple of years ago, and then I just felt you know it's so out there. And almost everybody that wanted to sound cool would use the word blockchain or insure tech. And that was kind of the way of dropping it in, but they'd use it out of context. But I kind of felt like there was a year and a half where that happened. But blockchain is just really a ledger, secure ledger in the cloud that we can record every single transaction. So I think where they see the implications or the how they can impl- implement it in the real world is you know, insurance companies and brokers, all the transactions can be instantaneously done up in the cloud. So you could basically cut out some of that middle labor at that point. And it brings up the age old question, you know, if you eliminate, you know, do you need a carrier? Can you go right to reinsure? Well, if you eliminate the carrier, who's going to handle the long-term part of the liability, you know, or the carriers are talking about eliminating the agent. Well, if you eliminate the agent, how does the client know they're not going to get screwed because the agent has choice and looks at different things. So it always brings up debate of who you can cut out, how you get the expenses out of there. So I haven't seen a great use case where anybody's crushed it with blockchain to my knowledge at this point, I'm sure there's something over in Europe or Asia, but I'll be honest, I have, it's kind of still out there. Everybody's still trying to get under and get a hold of data 
AI machine learning. That seems to be the big thing, the big data stuff right now that everybody's geeking out on. And that's kind of what's consuming my world right now. What's your thoughts, guys, on blockchain? I, I, I'll be honest, I'm not an expert. You probably get somebody that's bullish on it and has a whole business model on blockchain. That would be great to have on your show because I, I bet you there's been a 35 changes and maybe I should be looking at it more than I have been, right? Well, before we got on the show, I said to Bradley and yourself, I said, all I know about blockchain is it's a form of digital currency. And Bradley said, no, it's not. And I said, well, and, then I know less than nothing about blockchain you, because that's kind of in my head what... You're, you're in the ballpark. It's the, the ledger for which you can track digital currency transactions. Is that a fair assessment, Jeff? And that's literally all I know about it. That's it. That's all I know. Yeah. So I might as well get off the podcast. Yeah, we, yeah, we, um, we probably don't need to jump on that, on that bandwagon. There's, there's probably some people that people talk about bringing capital in and out of the market, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think, I think there's some good, there'll be some good business cases. I think it's a little early right now. I think there's bigger threats. Like, you know, you see Amazon jumping in with Next into insurance, that chain. You know, you see Nigel Walsh who uh, Mr. InsureTech, uh, Deloitte has now come over to work at Google Insurance. That got my attention because what's Google doing now? They're making a ton of money off AdWords. Applied Systems invested, got a big investment from Google. So are they going to try and control the data of where everything is going to reside? Are they going to get into selling insurance? You know, I don't see Google getting into that, but Amazon totally can, right? Yeah. So, Well, and just I think as thoughts? of yesterday – the word insurance became the the highest pay per click word in all of Google. It's always been at the top, right. but yesterday I think it's fifty five dollars a click. Wow, or something of that nature. Yeah. yeah. If you're buying AdWords for the word insurance only, it's not a good strategy. So it's a strategy to the bottom. So you need some long tail keywords there, buddy. But yeah, it's, insurance has been crazy. But you can see why Google hasn't jumped into insurance because if brokers and agents are paying 55 bucks a word or $40, how many million, hundreds of millions of dollars or maybe even billions of dollars are they making off the insurance people yeah. per year? It's I think, crazy. Uh, t I think too, Jeff, you know, speaking on the Amazon versus Next conversation or Amazon and next conversation. I think, why don't you explain that, to, yeah, so, cause there's going to be a lot of agents that haven't heard this news. I, I don't know a ton about it, but basically Amazon has struck some sort of deal. And, and I've right. always thought it's in the of back, of, I've always thought in the back of my head, you know, Amazon tried to do their own insurance yeah. in India. Correct. From what I've heard yeah. that d didn't go very well. These people always try to take a bite out of the insurance industry. And they're like, Holy crap. Like, it's you mean lot. we got to pay claims? You know, right. yeah. and, yeah. and I've yeah. always thought that when a big player like an Amazon or a Google got into insurance, it would be them acting almost as the agent. Right. Like we have the distribution. Right. And then actually reinsuring it or insuring it through someone else. So essentially what Amazon is doing with Next or seems to be doing is some sort of point of sale system where you can buy business insurance, very simple. You know, right. Some of you guys may have next in your agency. I do. It's very simple, bare bones kind of stuff, right. but where business owners can buy insurance very easily. I do think yeah. that is a strong indication of where things are going in the industry. If you think about like when you sign up for a lease at an apartment, they have the insurance built in there. You know, Tesla is working yep. on some stuff. Scott and I have done. I've I've tried to get the the person who's over insurance at Tesla on the podcast. Made some good headway there. Might happen. You know, when you buy your Tesla, your insurance is included. You know, one thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that has helped us as an agency with our mortgage lenders is we understand that we are not the thing. We are the thing that gets you to the thing. The customer is not all excited about buying insurance for me on their house. They're exciting about buying the house, and I'm just the conduit to get Correct. them there. So I think agents yeah. need to start thinking in terms of, okay, how can I, as an agent, maybe go directly to a reinsurer or go to a carrier, get access to APIs, and then work some kind of deal out at a much smaller scale with some sort of conglomerate? Right. You get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think about all that? No, it's... Well, well, it's exactly what, what I, I, and I haven't, I, just it's so new, but obviously my, my assumption would be business strategy is a deal that Next has got access to anybody in the store. So if anybody's selling anything on the Amazon store, the, there's some digital exhaust right there that Amazon can push that information, go right into Next, and Next could probably turn it around and do a quote, and they'll be tapping three or four databases, knowing what the, re, the revenue are as of the business. They'll be able to pull that in and provide a quote automatically, and it won't be an agent or a person 
doing it, it'll be just automated with the API, right? But don't you think agents need to be looking for opportunities to do this kind of stuff themselves? Yes, totally. Like, you know, most, the biggest problem is agents are struggling to build APIs and get a carrier to do that or getting somebody to do the back end of the white label part of it. That's where the struggle is, right? And, you know, right now you can build an API. I know maybe three or four brokers in Canada that have built their own API and they can plug into say, name a company and maybe a car dealer. If they had permission, anybody buys a car, they could put that information and spit a quote out, right? Or a realtor, if somebody buys a house, they could push that information and spit it out on mass or a big company. If there's a 10,000 employees and the person's in information they could access that with permission you know privacy is a bit of a barrier in some cases so they make sure they're following the privacy rules and the privacy as you know are only going to get tighter and tighter and more guarded every year so there's things you can do but is the regulator going to stop people from doing it hard to say right but i totally think that's a play and that's where i talked about earlier invisible insurance where it's already happened you mentioned renters insurance where the landlord bundles it in automatically to the policy or makes people buy it or the information goes in their database and does it automatically. That's been going on for a number of years in both Canada and the US. People have figured that one out. It's easy. You know, small business insurance, fairly easy. Uh, the more complex stuff, we're not quite there yet. I'm not sure when we are. There's some companies that have, have really dumbed down coverage and thrown everything in. I forget who was talking about it, but there was a company in the US that threw everything in. Everybody's excited because, you, you know, maybe Jason Cass was talking about it. There's a company that automatically gave you guaranteed replacement costs and gave you $5 million automatically. And it was all automated. And he thought that was the way and how things were going to change. So I think we're, you know, a number of months, I would suggest number of years away from that. But that's where things can go, right? If the, the quoting and stuff's automated, you know, where does the agent come in to add value? You know, how do you re bring yourself into that experience? Where do you where do you see you guys in the experience in five years, guys? Oh, I'll flip it over to you. So it's so, gonna be much different. Yeah, so let me say a couple of things about this, okay? And I'm about to get on my soapbox. So everybody just get ready. Go right ahead. Number one, I have always said people should not be able to buy their own insurance on the internet. And I wildly disagree with Gary Vaynerchuk on the podcast that we did with Gary. And if I had not been so hung over that I was trying <laughs> desperately not to throw up in his office, I would have had this argument with him. And also, I didn't think it was appropriate to have an argument with Gary Vaynerchuk in his office in his about office. that. But I digress. I still to this day say that individuals, because this is not going on Amazon and buying a toaster or a t-shirt for your sister, there is a liability component, and you could hear it in Gary's voice because I brought this up, and at first he was a little bit taken aback by what I said, and then he kind of jumped back on his, people should buy the way they want to buy, which I had heard him do before. But it took him a minute to process what I was saying, and I don't think he really knew how to answer that. Yeah. But what I wanted yeah. to say was, okay, Gary, your, your sister's driving down the Jersey Turnpike, gets hit by an uninsured motorist, has to be airlifted to a hospital, has $200,000 worth of medical bills. You can call me a dick for not wanting people to buy insurance, but there's a component to this yeah. that I don't think he understands, I or agree. at least hadn't at that time. So let, that's number one. Number two, you buy your, your insurance for your apartment at the property management company when you go in to sign the lease. Here's what they don't tell you. When you sign up for that $10 a month of insurance, they don't tell you none of your shit's covered. All they're giving you is that 100000 or $50,000 worth of liability. Then when you leave the candle burning on your damn dresser and it burns the damn place down... And then you have nothing. And then you go, oh, well, I bought insurance. Well, yeah, you did to protect the property owner from having to file this on his insurance. That's what you did. So there's that. And then now Next is coming in with Amazon. Let me tell you something. If you think that in the middle market of commercial insurance on trucking companies, large apartment investors that have 17 different apartments in 13 different states – that you can do that shit online, good luck. Have the hell at it. Because your shit is going to be so screwed up that there's no way. that well, I'm telling y'all, there is no possible way that you can dumb this down far enough for a middle market 300 truck trucking company 
then what happens when they have a claim? Who the hell are they going to call? You know who they want to call? They want to call Bradley Flowers. They want to call Jeff Roy. They want to call Scott Howell and say, I got a big problem. Yeah. One of my drivers just ran over a pedestrian in the middle of Dallas, Texas. What the hell do I do? You know what they don't want to do? They don't want to call next and get some 21-year-old that was just at a rave last night with a pacifier <laughs> in his freaking mouth <laughs> and doesn't give a shit about your damn trucking company. So yeah, you yeah, might yeah, be yeah. able to sell a painting $850 liability general liability painting contractor on next and amazon you might be able to do a retail small children's clothing store on that but when you start getting up into that 50 60 70 100 200 000 in premium your ass better stay off next and amazon or you're mm -hmm. about to get screwed there i'm off my soapbox well, i think i think you make a lot of good points and i think that's why agents need to be looking at doing stuff like this that way at least in because obviously consumers are trending in that direction. Well, that way, at least there's an agent on the other side of this equation right. that can pick up the phone and say, Hey, do you know what you just bought? Right. By the way, like, do you understand what right. and, and can explain that? Or if they don't want to do that, they do need to start moving more in the middle market direction. Right, 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 and, right. And yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah. But I think everyone, everyone needs to start asking their carriers for their APIs. And I think no, exactly. I, and then one of the things like in Canada, I'm big in, uh, I work on the IBOC Canada Tech Committee. Uh, we have a thing called DX Reusable Services, where we're trying to, companies are trying to get them to share APIs. We have a thing called the CSIO Repository, where, hey, I'm a Viva, I carried an API for billing. I'm going to share that API and put it into a place so other carriers can use it and look and learn how it's done. So we've got about seven or eight carriers that are working together now, and we call it the DX connect alliance right now so that's an example of some stuff where we're trying to push because our carriers aren't where they need to be in canada and it sounds like you're not there in the u.s where you can get an api plugged in you don't have to go to a portal everything's plugged in you can press a button and the rates are real time and live and ready to go so that's a barrier right there you know there's a lot of one-hit wonders where you can get one company to do it but as a broker our value proposition or an agent is offering more than one company so you know a lot of times the best company may not be automatic you have to do some work for it but it saves the client money so that needs to be automated i totally agree with you scott the bigger stuff isn't going to go all digital like that there's a relationship there's a lot of risk management there's a lot of stuff involved in managing risk it's a lot more complex just the simpler stuff but i do agree with you bradley you know why not agents why not now if it fits your business proposition to get some of that stuff automated right so um and i agree with everything you said i agree 100 well, with everything you said there's a place oh, there's a place and i agree with gary vaynerchuk People should be able to buy the way they want to buy. and in, But here comes the asterisk on that. Yeah. As long as it is a simple, I'm a kid that's just coming off my parents' insurance and I don't want to pay too much and mm -hmm. I've got one car and there's nobody else that's going to drive it. But Bradley, I call my agency right now. We've done 10, we've sold 10 policies today, right? On personal lines. Mm -hmm. Nine of those policies Here's what nine of those policies are, Jeff. So my son lives with his mother, who is my ex-wife. We're divorced. She bought him a car. I'm supposed to pay the insurance on it. He lives there part of the time, but the other part of the time he lives at his grandmother's house. And oh, by the way, I've got another daughter that is 17, but she doesn't have a car, but she's going to drive that car sometimes. You you going to tell me you're going to do that by yourself on the internet? Okay, okay. Yeah, Here's yeah. one more for you guys. Here's one more for you. Home insurance carriers and auto carriers. Let me run through the <laughs> list. Travelers, Nationwide, Safeco, Liberty Mutual. I could keep going. Blah, blah, blah. All these carriers that we all write the shit out of. Every day they're making it harder and harder to quote insurance. Mm -hmm. New rule here. Got to have this. This has changed. Oh, yeah. we can't give you that discount. Oh, you, you can get that discount, but in order to get it, you've got to put the smart ride in your car. Well, how do I get the smart ride? Well, you can only do it by email now. They are making it. That, here's what carriers are saying. We would love to meet our clients where they want to meet, be met at, and we want them to be able to buy as easily as they can. But we're going to make our damn systems so complex that you need a freaking insurance degree from the University of Alabama mm -hmm. and four years of experience to learn how to do a damn insurance quote correctly. Tell me yeah. how that shit matches up, Jeff. Yeah, well, it's a problem. We call it a war with friction 
we have a war on friction right now in Canada. We've we kind of named it that in the last couple of months, but companies could go on their guide wire system. They spend hundreds of millions of dollars. It's supposed to make everything better. And we end up having a little, you know, we're going through a transition where there's maybe a little bit more friction. Some things work great. We got some companies where straight through processing, I buy in a policy, press a button, it goes into the portal, comes out automatically. That's where we need to go straight through processing. But some other carriers, they they've added a whole bunch of friction. You know, we have carriers trying to take over the experience where they want to do everything on their mobile app. They want to control all the service work with their self-service center. And I've seen a lot of agents that give up the service. Well, I just let so-and-so do it. Well, once you give that up, you've given up that experience, you've given up that data, and you're one step away from getting lesser commission and losing that relationship. So in Canada, where a lot of our companies are pushing to paperless, maybe you guys are already here in the US, but they want to get rid of mailing everything out and they want everybody on mobile app, PDF, and they want to get their auto ID cards and their on their mobile app and their smart wallet. So there's a big push. We have a, a committee called uh, the Paperless, Go Paperless Committee in Canada. I sit on it. There's about 50 people from across Canada, carriers, vendors, trying to standardize how we get that done so we don't have to do a different thing with every company. Because if every company goes paperless their own way, that's a whole 10 different ways or 20 different ways, 20 different things to F up and not much extra friction. So we, you know, I guess you guys are probably in a battle against friction too, right? Similar to what Scott said, hey, don't make things complicated. You know, it's not just about the client experience too. It's about the agent experience. You know, you got to hold your tongue one way and throw 85 darts and remember 25 passwords to get into that spot to do something that may work half the time, right? Yep. Like we can't run a business like that, right? My so blood pressure. There's got to be about, a better way. My blood pressure right now, I swear to God, is at about 200 over 120. It's that spicy Thai food, buddy. Hey, I, this, <laughs> this right here, you don't want to get me. I could talk for three hours about all this. Again, I believe in people wanting to buy the way they want to buy. As long as what they want to buy is a trucker baseball hat that has the University of Alabama symbol on it off of Amazon. If you want to do that, <laughs> go for it. If you want to buy yeah. the new handlebars for your kids, Yamaha RX125 off Amazon and have them shipped to your house, man, that is the greatest thing ever. But when you want to buy insurance that has your 16-year-old on it, and that son of a bitch is about to go over there on four mile post road and hit about three people next week. And now <laughs> you've chosen the lowest limits on your policy because that was the cheapest thing on the internet. I'm sorry. That's just not right because of that liability that component is, is other people's lives that are now freaking bankrupt because you decided to jump on the freaking internet and get a damn insurance quote. No, it's uh, it's a definitely an interesting uh, topic for sure. So anyway, I'm sorry, Jeff. I had something else. No, that's good. That's good. I want to. This I is some, therapy. Therapeutic. I, I had something else that I wanted to ask him about too before we got off. So, Jeff. Well, one thing I just want to talk about, I don't know, I would definitely hopefully have you guys on at some point, the Digital Insurance Plant Podcast. We uh, started that up in Canada. So I don't know if you guys have watched any episodes or seen us drinking a beer in our podcast in the last little while. Mm. So, you caught, sold me, you on, anything you yet? Sold me yeah. on beer. Yeah, no you doubt. sold me on beer. Yeah, yeah. So what we did is uh, myself, uh, myself and three other guys, uh, Adam Mitchell, he runs a really cool digital insurance brokerage in, in, in Ontario with the same province as myself called Mitchell & Whale Insurance. I have Steve Earle. He runs a digital insurance cheap and he has a traditional insurance brokerage bald insurance and then i've got tom reed who used to run the digital brokers for aviva and that's how we all met they kind of brought all the digital brokers from across canada brought us together and we shared ideas and we helped give uh, aviva some great strategy in return so we decided hey nobody's talking about digital and evolving insurance so we came up with the concept of the digital insurance plant podcast where some of the best ideas happen over a beer scott mm. bradley can't say i've ever not, not sat around had a beer with you at a <laughs> A different conference i think i can't probably three or four conferences we've been at and after the day we had a couple beers got to know each other's better solved all the world's problems but actually had some great dialogue and got to know each other better so we thought why can't we do that online we'll send people a beer so we have garrison breweries that one of our sponsors and we send a care package with three beers a nice digital insurance plant glass and a t-shirt and we interview our guests and the year number one we just strictly did some COVID interviews with ourselves and talked about eight topics season two we're on to episode seven this week 
Uh, we have 12 episodes, I think, or 11 total. And then we're working on season three right now. So we're not as prolific as the most prolific podcasters with 250,000 agents watching as you guys. But uh, we're, we're barely, basically t- right now taking a Canadian spin. But I want to bring some of my friends from the U.S. that are doing cool things like you guys, like Chris Paradiso, uh, like Seth. There's a bunch of really neat agents across the U.S. doing some phenomenal things that I think the Canadian agents can learn from. So I, anyway, so that's a awesome. bit of a plug. And by the way, any money we make, we don't get rich doing it. Any Profits go to women insurance for cancer. So awesome. we've got two or three sponsors. Crew.io is a phone company, one of the best digital phone companies in Canada. And uh, we have Gore Mutual Insurance and as, as our title sponsors. So basically we're doing it to break even. Like you guys said, if we only had 100 people watch it, we're not doing it to set the world on fire. We're just trying to make a difference and we enjoy doing it. So Hey, hey Jeff, i got one final question for you and I'll let you go. Yeah, Are you going to sure. speak this year at UPP? Uh, I'm not scheduled at all. Uh, again, I, I think it was probably two years ago, so I'm not scheduled to go in there and do anything at this point okay. for Mike. And the other thing is, too, I don't know if I can actually get out of the country. So oh, yeah. speaking is very tough. I'll be honest, last year I did two or three virtual events. They were interesting. I'll put it that way. And again, Bradley, you did one. How did you feel the Elevate virtual event went? Like, obviously, you love doing the live, right? Yeah, it's uh, compared to the live, it sucks. <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you, no, I mean, I've done, I probably did 10 last year that were virtual yep. that were supposed to be in person and it's fun. It's like, I, I really feel for the people putting these events on as someone who's yes. put on conferences before it's tough and you have to do something from a speaker standpoint. It, it does kind of suck because for me, it's, it's like, it's just as much work as a real conference, but yeah. you're not there and you're not connecting with people. So I'm, I'm definitely ready. Uh, Actually, yesterday, Scott and I booked our first in-person speaking event for 2021. It's going to happen in October. It's the where uh, it's the uh, the Big Eye of West Virginia. We did their conference last year virtually. This year's in person. So, uh, matter of fact, I've got to send them some information. But we just booked that. And then I'm doing. That's awesome. Uh, Good guys. Hey, congrats, guys. That's exciting to hear. You actually can do go do an event. That's awesome. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, if the world doesn't blow up between now and then, but but yeah, it's it's yeah, not yeah, it's not yeah. the same thing, man. It's not. I'm ready for. No. I'm ready to go to go to go to some conferences, yeah. and that, that's why I'm I'm going to Chris Paradiso's mastermind event in Boston next month, and I'm like just so excited yeah. to just go somewhere. Yeah. You know, I've been fine. Oh, no, had, it'll be awesome. Yeah, I had COVID in January, Jeff. So I didn't die. I didn't I didn't die from it. So I'm like, don't care anymore. And and people in Alabama now, we've kind of (laughs) we've kind of gotten away from the old mask situation. Most people just wear it over their face and not their nose anyway. So it's uh, it's a little bit like now. It's just like might as well go wherever you want to because everywhere you go, everybody's not wearing a mask anyway. So. Well, Chris Paradis would be great. He's hopefully going to loop me in virtually. Yeah. I, we talked, and hopefully I can attend. Now, it's not the same. I'd rather be there face-to-face, but as I said, impossible for me to get through yeah. uh, and be safe and do that. So not an option for me for that, but that's cool. And I agree with you on the virtual events. I did three or four last year. I'm minimizing my speaking. I try and pick two to four events a year where I feel I can add value. I can see a different part of the U.S. Yeah. or hook up with some really cool agents. I'm very sporadic. I'm too busy working on our own brokerage right now, trying to take it up a level so i just kind of pick my things but i do like to go see my my great u.s friends and uh you know i really enjoy the u.s i just feel really at home with all the agents and i love every, the vibe that's going on you know all that new stuff from about 2017 till maybe last year was all cool mm-hmm. and now i'm kind of finding all the cool stuff you know now it's more complicated right now i kind of feel like all the neat stuff that kind of popped out and everybody was excited about now it's a lot bigger things right and it's a lot more involved so you can't say hey if you do this it's going to change your brokerage it's it's about 10 things all in coordination. Right. That's kind of one of the shifts I've seen. But what do you think? Hey, Jeff, I got to ask one question before we go. Tell yeah. tell all the agents that are listening right now, what is your company's, your insurance agency's website? Okay, so Excalibur, E-X-C-A-L-I-B-U-R, insurance, all one word, dot C-A. Dot C-A. Not the Excalibur Hotel. Yeah, dot C-A. Now, Excalibur Insurance. You guys will probably put it in the footnotes, right? absolutely guys listen to what i'm about to say stop everything you're doing and listen to the sound of my voice when you get off this podcast in just a second i want you to type in the web address that jeff just gave you wherever you are on the continuum with your agency website this is your goal this is your north star this is the holy grail so what you got to do 
is figure out a way to try to get to where Jeff Roy is with your agency website because top to bottom, front to back, it is fantastic. And if your website gets to this point right here, then you have achieved a goal that you can always be proud of. And, Jeff, I know you spent a bunch of money on yours, and it may take time, like it has for me, to get your agency website where you think it needs to be. But to me, your agency's website, Jeff, is the is the holy grail. It's the it's the one that everybody needs to be looking at and trying to get to. I believe that with all my heart. You're very kind, and again, it's funny because it's you know I, I really appreciate the comments. You know, it's funny, but I, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, we got to get this I fixed. Know. We, you know, we got to get it better. It's one of those things that you just you look at things, and some people see great, greatness, right. and other people see the things that need to be improved. Right. And it's kind of a balancing act, right? But as you said, I good. I can't wait to see your your website, Scott. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. So well, I appreciate that, guys. Hey, I think we lost Bradley here. So. Oh, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> He'll be back. Hey, okay, hey guys, okay. listen. Lost I'm going to shut this thing down. We've given out a lot of cool information today. I apologize for getting on my soapbox for a minute, but sometimes I just have to get fired up. Rewards come from action, not discussion. We've given you a lot to think about. I hope that you got some things out of this today that you can go back and use in your agency and look at and try to move the ball one step forward to greatness. Go out today, build relationships, stop shuffling paperwork around on your desk and looking at profit share bonus opportunities. Go build relationships. As I always say, if you'll just sell the shit out of insurance, everything else will take care of itself. I promise. But go sell insurance today. Make money for your wife, for your husband, for your kid's college fund, for your parents who are struggling out there today. Go help them. Go be a part in your community. Be the mayor of your village. And this will all be okay, I promise. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers and Kim Howell, I love you very, very much. Hey, guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. And we'll see you back real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.